Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm good, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Good to be back from Mexico, man. Good to be back and, yeah, podcasting again. Uh, try to do some work over there a little bit as uh, the internet's so slow. So freaking slow, man. Makes it hard for a player. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was great when I was in Playa del Carmen. We'll see that you're at a freaking high-end hotel kind of thing. I was at Airbnb. Well, <laughs> they got the wrong internet. Wherever I'm staying, <laughs> they got the wrong internet. I'm looking into that. I'm trying to get us some good stuff. Anyway, oh yeah, they're they're laying down fiber optics right now, so it's gonna be a lot mm, okay. Yeah, you're, you're a little too early then. Insinuating, <laughs> right? So who's that? You ask. This is episode one ninety six of your favorite Airbnb VRBO Home Alone Uber if lifts, uh, short term rental podcast in the world, and we have a special guest, Micah. Who we got, Steve? Coach Cav is back. Second time around, let's go. Second time around, man. A lot has changed in the world since Coach Cav first hopped on. Oh, and we, yeah. yeah, we're so happy to have you back, man. How you been? You need a oh, let me. I, I saw an intro from your website. Is that thing still? Is that still go, good to go? Yes. Uh, okay. Which one? There, there's two or three. Coach Cav is an experienced real estate investor who specializes in building unique short-term rental Airbnb investments that operate the sharing economy, Airbnb, PeerSpace, Turo, etc. Coach Cav is the owner of Your Space LLC, a company that manages your spaces, investor relationships, produces coaching programs, and outreaches. Coach Cav is currently a modeling and simulations planner in the u.s army his life goal is to educate future investors and create opportunities for them sounds good oh (laughs) still stands up it it works (laughs) how the heck you been man good good busy but good right yeah you hopped on about a year ago or so or two years ago it it was uh, right after covid i think it was april may-ish 2020 so Man, oh, almost a almost year. Years, yeah. Is, is it me or has time just been flying by since COVID hit? Like, it seems like it's weird. I know it's weird. It, it, like, it's because we warped back into COVID too, right? So we all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how's, uh, how's your business changed since then? Yeah. Uh, quite, quite a bit. I think we've, uh, we've grown more into an investor model with the, um, uh, a turnkey uh, based investment program now that we we've been fortunate enough to bring in uh, just about a, a hundred investors since uh, the beginning of 2021 uh, into different uh, short-term rentals across 30 uh, 30 plus markets so it's been 
been quite quite the change, but a, a different level of responsibility too. Man, that sounds like y'all are man. So basically, you you run like an arbitrage syndication program, correct? It it is a syndication without the steroids, um, <laughs> except uh, investors in this case they uh, in most cases individually come into a unit. Uh, so if it's 24 doors, you, you typically have one investor per, per door instead of a, an aggregated typical syndication model. Okay. And do you need like the same public filings and all that as a regular uh, real estate syndication or no? No, it, you know, a lot of it's in watching the wording uh, mm-hmm. and the, the contracts that we do have, uh, you know, we had to, to send them through legal review to make sure that we were on the left side of what would otherwise be required to, to have an SEC filing for, for syndication efforts. Okay. So let's say, Hey, coach Cav, I want to get a unit. Tell me what that process is like. How does, how does, how does your company step in and get me to that unit? Right. So on the surface, we have a sourcing team that's looking across uh, different markets across the U S and Canada. Hmm. We um, we take on units administratively, meaning my company then goes out. Uh, we sign uh, long-term lease agreements or master lease agreements at a minimum of 36 months, which then creates the structure for 36-month investment period for investors. Hmm. That uh, then bleeds us into uh, the, the design aspect. Once the investment secured, uh, we we provide all of the interior design and tech install with uh, uh, teams of interior designers that we've we've contracted, and then all uh, of the back end management stuff that's required to to do your day to day stuff. So when you package that together, you get an investor that doesn't have to worry about any administrative overhead requirements. They don't have to worry about uh, being legally permitted, insurance requirements, utilities, finding a place, negotiating with a landlord. Don't have to worry about getting to a place to to design it or, you know, uh, the leaky pipe at two in the morning. Uh, so it, it really provides investors with with an opportunity to to get into the business without doing any of the, the required work. You know, you know, what's interesting is just a few years back. I mean, I, I, I remember hearing like bigger pockets, for example, when they first they started getting little rumblings about the Airbnb world. And even like uh, Brandon Turner on there was like, man, I don't get this Airbnb thing. It's so stupid. He goes, I, I had I tried to make one of my rentals an Airbnb and I get these calls. Uh, Where's the train station or what time is the day? I don't know. Look it up. You know, just like he's like annoyed by it. He goes, I don't understand. it. I just I just want to get the rentals and, and make them, you know, regular rentals and put someone in there for a year and be done with it. And, and it went from that sentiment to, of course, all the housing prices went crazy. Right. And so people couldn't get the 2% rule no more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like 2% of the of what the price of the house is, you're supposed to get in rent. People couldn't get the 1%. People couldn't get the half percent anymore. So now it's all gone like full circle to everybody wants an Airbnb. Everybody, even real estate investors, right. are looking for a house that can be an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're riding the perfect wave at the perfect time when that happened. Yeah, except for we, we're not in the business of buying. Uh, that that's one unique difference here. Uh, everything's uh, rental arbitrage, even in this model. So, you know, as I mentioned, uh, the fabric uh, or the, the fabric of the structure is really 
creating uh, uh, those long-term lease agreements, which you know, for traditional homeowners creates uh, stability for them and their investments, especially if they're uh, a buying long-term hold investor. Uh, that, that immediate partnership with long-term lease agreements provides them with instant stability to, to start to recoup their investment. Uh, so uh, that, that structure, you know, again, for us uh, works because it allows us to, to get into uh, as many homes across as many states without any restrictions, right? Uh, you know, we, we've, we've at times had uh, 20 plus different projects being worked on at one time where you, you, you can't reasonably do that in uh, a scenario where you're buying uh, properties across multiple different states. So maybe not, maybe not directly buying, but <clears throat> it's working. You, you are working with the, the previous model in a way and it's changing because you're convincing people that are like that mindset like i'll never you know i'll never do airbnb just want to do long-term rentals yet you're convincing them to let y'all airbnb out of their house so it's it's changing where they're like oh okay so there's a different way to rent my house where i don't have to you know look up credit scores look up background checks and hopefully get a good renter in there for a year that's not going to trash my place where <laughs> coach cav and his team are going to come in here and make my place freaking beautiful like for a magazine and they're going to anything that's going to break or whatever like that they're going to handle it immediately and keep it 100 so the year or two years at least whatever when i get my house back it's going to look as pristine as it was when i handed it over maybe even better mm. right so coach, like how many units, like how has your team gotten into, like how many units do you, do you operate for all your operators? So we, we currently in the portfolio right now have uh, 202 properties uh, of the 202, uh, 175 uh, belong to investors. Wow. So, okay. So now you're doing 175 belong to investors. Now, now you just really blown my mind. Like, what does your team look like to manage all this? Uh, so, so it's multi-layered. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if it's a large investment, we've, we've partnered with larger uh, management companies, uh, more specifically Journey. Uh, so anything over five units that we take, uh, we're handing it off to, to Journey to manage. Uh, they provide all of the, the back-end management that's required for, uh, for any, any short-term rental operation. Uh, for anything less than that, we, we've got a layered system where we, uh, we have our team of VAs uh, that, that grow uh, one per eight property. We bring VAs in and then we go out and we, we source experienced hosts uh, to come in and, and manage properties on the surface. And then they, uh, uh, the VAs provide them with back-end support so they can focus on uh, the guest and the customer experience and the VAs focus on all the back-end and adding stuff that may have to go on with Airbnb um, and whatnot. So, it, you know, it instantly jumps out at me when you're saying that, the, the, especially the part with one VA per eight properties, right? It sounds it sounds like you're bringing a little bit of the the military mentality and structure in your business. Is that correct? Because you got your platoons, your squadrons, and all that stuff, but you got you know a leader for each one. Is that correct? Yeah, that that that's interesting because. The being in the military, you know, it, it helps because we, we go through this planning process. It's called MDMP or the military decision making process. And uh, it, it's built on the premises that everything's a problem. But in order to solve a problem, you've got to sort of build a framework around it. 
Um, and then you've got to understand, uh, understand the problem. Uh, and then you break it down into different or subsets of different categories that then allow you to, uh, you know, create the, the best case scenario uh, to, to, uh, to define success, right? Um, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. The, everything that that's sort of built out is it, it's 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 due to you know my background and and what we what we do on a day to day basis and it's been able just to translate over into uh, into business. Yeah, I like that because that's um, we're at the point right now. You know, my company we we ha we have um, over forty units now, right? So we <laughs> that we have as our own arbitrages plus the ones we manage for other people, but yeah. we have and I and that's crossed my mind before. I'm like, well, we should once like every, every 10 units or whatever put just uh you know don't want to overwhelm the vas give just mm -hmm. they're going to manage those 10 then the next one to manage I, I thought about doing something like that we haven't done that yet so they're all doing all of the units so but that's that's pretty cool man i'm going to look into that yeah thank you for that insight yeah so so some of it was was math right because you you'll interview and you'll hire and the first thing they'll tell you normally is like they'll they'll take on up to 14 to 15 properties, right? And then you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, you, you get all that work out of one person. But uh, at some point, right, they, they have a capacity. And then if you don't layer them with redundancy, uh, then you, you may create a failure point in your business where life happens, right? VA gets sick or mom gets sick, something happens, and then they're out for a couple of days. And then you've got to find a way to fill that gap. So when we peeled that back, it led us to uh, the, the eight property rules. So then we're able to layer uh, uh, them with, with some redundant operations behind them. So, so explain that layer, layer them with redundancy. That sounds interesting. So, so, so normally, as I mentioned, you know, you'll get one and they'll take on up to 15 or 16 properties. So we, we, we could have played the one to 16 rule. But, you know, the, the one to 16 rule then lends you to risk, right? Because if life happens, then you create uh, a hole in the business that uh, could have been prevented if you had uh, two fulfilling, right, that, that, uh, that rule. So we, we've, we've got two covering essentially 16 properties versus one covering 16 properties, right? Mm. So it just creates a, a layer of redundancy uh, just in case, you know, one's out for some odd reason or you break it up into to different shifts to have, you know, somewhat of a 24 hour coverage. Okay. So two cover 16. If one goes out, they're basically, essentially they're covering eight, but then one goes out, he has the 16. Okay. I got you. Cause that's one hiccup I'm kind of concerned about too. Like I have one VA, but if he goes down sick, oh man, what do I do? Okay, that's a good okay. Gotcha. Because they already come in with that capacity, right? To to do mm -hmm. something. So you just break it up. Yeah. And then if you have to rely on that one just for two or three days, then you know they've got the capacity to do it. And you right. said your VAs are on a 24 by seven rotation? 24-7 rotation? Yeah. Uh no, there there's about a there's about a four hour window or so overnight where oh, okay. uh, nobody's on so okay yeah hmm. and that hasn't presented any problems having that gap no so the, the 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 thing is if if there's a reservation uh when, when we get the end of the day report it comes in about 10 o'clock if there's somebody that's checking in later 
Uh, you know, if they, you, they say, hey, we're not coming until 2 a.m., then somebody will stay up to cover that. Uh, if we don't have someone coming in uh, that late at night, then there's no reason, you know, for us to uh, to uh, to have somebody staying up just monitoring uh, monitoring chat. You know, you're the second straight guest. So people basically what y'all are doing is um, when everyone's checked in, everything's all good. Everyone kind of backs off for the night. That's basically how y'all run it. Right. But uh, I guess because we, we get a we get a detailed end of the day report by by 10 by 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. Their last messages go out, uh, ask if there are any check ins that haven't checked in yet. They find out exactly what time they're coming in. Um, so that then prompts someone to, to stay on and cover at least until, you know, the last check-in has, has occurred, mm. but otherwise, you know, we, we, we cut sling load at least for, uh, for four to five hours, but the, the four to five hours, our time is still normal daylight operating time, uh, in Asia, Right. So even though we have folks that are off, there's still some coverage that that's happening uh, while we sleep. OK, that makes sense. Then. OK, now, now, because I remember you, you said earlier that you you source leads from U.S. to Canada. Where, where are your listings at? Oh, they're, they're in about 35 different markets. Uh, we're in two provinces in Canada. Uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and uh, Calgary, Alberta. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, what is it? Edmonton? No, I forgot. Edmonton. I forgot. I'm, I have some up there. Uh, the market. <laughs> I'm forgetting it. Uh, Canmore, Banff, Banff, that area. Banff. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're not too far from there. Uh, the the home we took in Calgary was uh, only due to its proximity to that that resort. Right. Mm -hmm. We've got a uh, we've got a shuttle, not too far from from the uh, the home that we have there that goes uh, directly to to Banff in less than an hour. Uh, but the, the the little unknown secret to that that park and the the travelers that go there, uh, they pay a lot of money for uh, for travel there. So mm -hmm. we we see over four hundred dollars a night in a five bedroom home at Sleep Sixteen uh, in Calgary. Wow. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's oh, great, man. That's great money. Yeah, yeah. See, that that makes you like, like, how do you, um, how are you sourcing your markets? Like, hey, this I know this will be investor friendly. Are you mainly chasing just vacation rental markets, or you just loading up Air DNA and going where they say, or how, how are you guys sourcing it? <laughs> no, so so a lot of it, a lot of it comes with uh, uh, my 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 lead uh, guy Harper. He's he's a uh, he's in the real estate, but he's also a sales guy. Uh, so he, he monitors markets based on one regulations and then two, uh, saturation of markets. So he, he's, he's not looking in Houston, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, so he's, he's looking in sort of mid, mid tier markets, right? And then the, the third, uh, is our military markets, right? Just because of, uh, what, what, what's created in those environments and the travel demographics that come out of it. Uh, but that, that's, that's where he uh, builds the other uh, list to, to start to source uh, uh, units and locations. And then obviously some, like the Calgary deal uh, was largely based on uh, the, 
the other resort town of Banff out there that you, you mentioned earlier. Mm. So okay. what tools does your partner use to find the these places? Airbnb. That's it. He don't use AirDNA. He don't pay for any special something like software like that. Just straight Airbnb. Nope. Nope. Airbnb. Um, and, and the reason why is because Airbnb gives you the most real time up to date. If you go in as a traveler in any market, uh, you, you, you'll just you'll, you'll get the facts right without mm. a 12 month lag or six month lag uh, in data. So it, you know, it, it helps us understand on the surface within minutes of uh, what the market and what the market's potential is. Mm. Mm. That's a smart idea, man. Cause you gotta, you gotta start <laughs> pinning out air DNA. They, you know, it's, it's data, but you know, you know, I, I see a lot of, a lot of quirks with their DNA, you know, a lot of flaws. You've seen them too, Micah, right? Yeah. So like, so like, let's just say, for example, you look at this resort town with, um, and you look up three bedroom, two bath house, and it's saying they should be all getting a thousand bucks or they should all get 500 bucks a night, right? Or whatever it is. And then you put it and then you punch in a four bedroom house and it says it's, it should only get a hundred bucks a night. And you're like, why would a four bedroom house make less than a three bedroom house? And then you go in because there's more three bedrooms out there, more data for them to pull. Mm. Whereas there's only like two or three, four bedrooms that have, you know, you know, that are pretty crappy properties that aren't making very much. So air DNA, the computer mind says, well, four, four bedroom properties do should do way less than three bedroom properties. And it's just, it's just, it's not looking at it. Like, uh, like, like you said, you go to air, the Airbnb, you see right away. Oh, it's a four bedroom, but it's a crappy property. You know, it's got carpet everywhere. It's got old, old wall, nasty furniture, you know? And so I, I, I could, that's a good, that's a, that's a, the biggest tip so far. I mean, you get some good stuff, but um, so how, how does, could you walk us through how your partner does that? You know, how, how they, how they scroll Airbnb to find these, these nuggets of, of knowledge. Yeah. So, so we have uh, built what we, 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 we coin as a, a value gap analysis tool. It's just an Excel data sheet. Uh, it's broken up into three sections, uh, travel demographics, the, uh, the value gaps, which are really the, the amenities. And then the far right column shows us what, unique values in the market. Uh, so <clears throat> the traveler demographics are, you know, the most important thing, regardless of the market, because you've got to understand who's traveling and what the market's capacity is uh, for those travelers. Uh, then the, the most important, or second most important thing become uh, the, the, the amenity gaps or the value gaps as we call them. And that's where going into Airbnb really helps you understand right uh, where your value potential is in the market because as you mentioned steve uh, AirDNA will give you sort of baseline numbers but in airbnb by just going into a very filtered search right i can find out that if i sleep 14 to 16 uh, i may be the only home that can then have the ability to offer pets have a kit friendly listing offer games and I can, you know, then I can see how many uh, spas are, are in the market um, and then have the potential to add that. So once we understand where those gaps exist in the market, we then, you know, within that data sheet, we have a very targeted uh, uh, result that comes out of it that we, you know, hand to the interior designer and say, hey, here's, here's where this place needs to be. But what that gets us to is then figuring out the, the unique value portion 
uh, is where when you compete with less than 5% of the market uh, for any one travel demographic. So for example, the, the place in Calgary sleeps 16, uh, it, it allows pets, it has kid-friendly amenities. We put a dedicated game room uh, in there and it's the only home in Calgary that close to Bainiff that has those unique amenities offered. So AirDNA, right, for instance, told us to price at 283 a night, but our value in the market told us that we're not competing with anyone. So we're, we're gonna set the market price here and we price it uh, right above 400 bucks a night. Ooh, Love I loved that. it. <laughs> you said, you hit a uh, couple of, you said value gap analysis and amenity gap. Now, man, I love that. Like, what are amenities are you saying that aren't readily available in most markets that someone could go out right now and create a value automatically? Uh, pets are, are probably the biggest one. Because uh, mm. most people, they, they feel uh, if, if they don't have pets, they probably won't allow pets in their short-term rental. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so pets become one of the bigger discriminators. But you know, to me, that's, that's just like Walmart not selling, um, you know, groceries, right? Why, why would they discriminate in the business uh, that would affect their bottom line? Mm -hmm. That's just people being emotionally tied to, to, uh, to their business when, when they shouldn't be. Uh, so normally when, when you're adding pets, uh, it, it will push you above half the market uh, automatically. Uh, Kid-friendly listings are another big one. Uh, we, we find huge gaps in every market when it comes to kid-friendly amenities. And, and the key here becomes if, if it's a filterable item inside of Airbnb or VRBO, then you should look at it from a, a, a listing build standpoint because it gives you uh, the unique ability to then offer something against a certain travel demographic that others uh, don't offer. And you know, we always get into this conversation about, you know, being on the first page and, uh, and, and showing, up, uh, <clears throat> showing up in the rankings. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's never where you start, it's where you finish because every traveler has a unique travel need. And they're gonna go in and uh, start to select filters. So <clears throat> if you show up on the first page when no filters are selected, uh, good for you. But you know, nine times out of 10, people are looking for something specific. So that's where you want to be, right? You want, you want to be there when uh, all the filters are, are up and you're, you're competing now with, with less than, you know, uh, you're competing with a, a smaller portion of the market at that point. Mm. More of those boxes that are checked, man, the more valuable you are. That is a fact right there. Uh, on my vacations, yeah, I always hit that swimming pool box. I want to swim. <laughs> yeah. <pool>, yeah. <laughs> There you go. That's it. Uh, that's now, now let's say you're doing a, a market analysis because I've never actually really done that. Just went in there and checked all the boxes and just see, hey, how many listings check all the boxes? Are you guys one of those listings that checks all the boxes or check? Are you guys check the boxes that aren't readily available? It depends on the market. So, mm -hmm. so, so downtown Houston has a different travel demographic than down in Webster. Uh, so we're looking at different things or different amenities to offer for, for those two distinctly uh, uh, unique places. Got you. Okay. Uh, we had a, someone that hopped on the show a, long, a while back, Micah. Ah, Clint Harris. 
is that her or a bear i don't know the one that north upstate new york oh aber yeah aber yeah and she is she she decided to put that the it, it told her the the info told her to put hot tubs at each of the her spots right her little cabins mm-hmm. got her her rate or you know she could charge way more her bookings went through the roof just for that one thing and that's special that's special up there because it gets cold and people want to be able to chill out in a hot tub and that makes a huge difference so but would a hot tub work in houston maybe not so much you know rap videos who knows but <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, I like I like that how you said it depends on the the amenity depends on the area, you know. So I can imagine up in Canada, cold and snow, put a put a hot tub out in the balcony. I mean, that's gonna be a big sell, you know. Down south or the the coast, you want a nice swimming pool, that's gonna be a huge sell, right? It just depends on the area. Yeah, yeah, because like remember I, I was going through Houston because I I was dealing with the oversaturation. So I was like, man, what's something that they don't have? And it, it was it was Tesla chargers. There's four houses in Houston with Tesla chargers. I'm like, man, y'all got all these Teslas in the road and ain't nobody got no Tesla charger. I was like, there you go. So yeah, it definitely depends on that market for sure. Are you wanting to hop into the short-term rental space, but just don't know where to get started? Join our Live, Let, Thrive Facebook group to network with other like-minded investors. We have property managers, lenders, and other experienced hosts to learn from. Click the link below to join. I'll see you there. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, Have a... Uh, one of our interior designers, she also manages a, a few of her places. Uh, she just ordered um, um, a Tesla charger for the, a garage in one of the places in Houston. So she's she's on it too. She was yeah. listening to Live, Let, Thrive, I bet. Hebba's <laughs> oh, yeah. a friend of the show, man. Me and Hebba. Oh, that was Hebba. Never mind. There you go. Yeah, we're in the same mastermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hebba knows. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hebba knows. That should be her, her tagline. Hebba knows. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. That is cool, man. And so um, you, you, you bring people in and you coach them too. How does the coaching part of your business work? Uh, so, you know, I like to say I don't, I don't do much coaching, right? Uh, a lot of it just it, it's because I, I take quite a few phone calls for investors that are interested. And then, you know, a lot of it just turned into to, to coaching them into understanding, right? Uh, the, the difference between them doing something themselves or us uh, doing it for them. Um, and then on our live calls uh, with each investment deal, you know, those are essentially uh, investment overviews, but also coaching sessions as well, because investors then get a chance to, to ask, you know, all the questions they, uh, they have in mind about short-term rentals and our philosophies and, and, and the investment that's in front of them. So, uh, I think you're like a lead by example kind of guy. a quote comes to mind and i'll butcher the quote you know something like it's talking about in the old olden days he goes uh they told this this one guy see i don't even remember the names i'm terrible at this but he says go out and spread the gospel and then the second part of that is and if only if absolutely necessary you should speak and i was like that's cool man you know go out there you're showing like just by being you know who you are showing this is how it should be done and you said yeah you don't really coach but all these things you're telling us today that's some that's some major knowledge yeah you know a lot of it just comes from experience uh, over time and uh, I, I think being spread out in so many different markets really lends itself to uh, having to to uniquely understand what what could work in one market that won't work in another market uh, and especially because we have an investor-based model now, uh, it, it is more important now than ever that we get the, the market research right 
And then because we don't put any uh, administrative liability on our, our investors, like we hold the leases to all these, uh, all these places that we have. So we, we've got to be comfortable in our model and our analysis to say that, you know, if an investor decides to park the car on the side of the road and say, look, I'm done, you know, tomorrow, uh, we, we've got to be okay taking that investment back into our portfolio and, uh, and knowing that it'll perform based on the market research. So. Now, a question. Uh, what's, what's one of the, because you talk about, you know, value adds and, and amenities and stuff like that. What's one of the most overrated ones that you've seen that, that people always try? Oh, if I leave a bottle of wine, it's going to bring it up. Or oh, if I do this, I do that. What's one of the most overrated one that doesn't really pay a lot of dividends that you've noticed? Anything that doesn't have a, a block next to it that you can check. Oh. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> I like that. That's a fact. It's got to check a box, right? Got to check a box. Because uh, I mean, if you think about it, that means the the platforms deem it important enough, right, to to have it as a, a filterable item. So, but let's let's think about the, the gaming market and how much that's grown, right? That was not a filterable item uh, this time last year on any major platform, and now it is. So the folks that offer games uh, last year. Uh, they may have had value offered, but it wasn't a searchable value, which means they couldn't, you know, charge more for it or stand out in the market. But now you can uh, because you can go in and check, check the block and then you can show the photo and have it tagged in your summary. And now you've got sort of the, the, the three layer, um, uh, the three layer monster to, to, uh, to show the potential guests. Airbnb does the research for you, basically. You just got to follow. Yes, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah. it. I That's couldn't the, say it any better. They, they do it for you because it's right in front of you, right? You just got to follow it. This, this should be your, your tagline, Coach Cav. Check the blocks. Check the blocks. <laughs> it's simple, right? But it, it is. It, you know, it's, it's right there in front of you. Wow. So install a swimming pool, a hot tub, install. I <laughs> just go down the list. Oh, man. So where, so where, where is your business headed, man? Y'all going to get like a thousand units coming up? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we just finished 24 down in uh, San Antonio. Heba did, did a phenomenal job leading that effort uh, with, with a team of, uh, of remote heroes that she managed for, uh, for almost a month on the ground. Um, but, you know, we're, we're continuing just to build the investor network uh, still looking across different markets and and starting to build uh, a little bit more of the back end, uh, the back end out. Uh, but the big picture, the the, the sharing economy. I know we talked about it last time, but uh, we we are actively searching. Well, we're actively expanding the RVs that are in the portfolio currently three, and then we're actively looking for an RV park uh, that we can, we can take and really uh, encompass that sharing economy uh, model into, to one, one footprint. So hopefully we, we find the right deal out there that, that uh, gets us to, to a home run. I like that. So, and if, if you don't mind giving us some, some trade secrets, what are some cities that you're real big on right now? You mentioned San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think uh, Montgomery, Alabama, uh, Enterprise Alabama, 
Uh, and I'm, I'm talking all these small, smaller markets that folks are going to be like, what? What is he talking about? Um, another uh, great market that we've we, we've gotten into the the New Newark market, and it's uh, largely because the regulations came in in New York. Uh, you had four million listings that went away overnight uh, of COVID, which then uh, now made Newark the, the gateway to New York City, right? Oh. So if you're close to Penn Station in Newark, then you you are now getting New York City prices uh, in Newark. Uh, so uh, th those would be the three markets I, I think uh, we we've experienced like the the most growth in in, in a lot of a lot of good numbers. Gotta love Alabama, man, because that's when nobody's gonna look there. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a few markets that I know ain't nobody gonna ever look there. They don't think people go there. I'm like, okay, so yeah, I love that strategy. Uh, uh, one of your the you're saying that when y'all search out for new, for new cities or new locations, and you had mentioned that regulations now, and and you showed us an example because that that makes Newark so strong because they they took four million listings off of the New York or whatever. Um, so how? What do you look for in a city's regulation? Do you look for a city that already has existing Airbnb regulations, or do you go for a city you, that has zero regulations? Or how do you do that? So, so the regulations, um, the the way we look at them, it, it's not a bad thing, right? Because it gives you a roadmap to success. Uh, mm. And if it's not too restrictive, uh, we, we'll go for it. So, for example. Uh, Nashville, Charleston, and Savannah, I think they had an overnight meeting some time ago and they built these regulations that almost prohibit uh, outside investors from buying or renting up multiples of properties uh, and not living there. So, so the first thing we look for in the regulations is if it's an owner-occupied reg regulation, because that will start to limit your capacity. And then uh, even if you get into the market, it's going to require the homeowner to be liable in some respect. And then most of them don't want to sign up for it. So it becomes increasingly harder to get into regulated markets that have an owner occupied um, uh, ordinance. Yeah. Okay. So as long as it, 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 you like some regulation, but owner occupied is a deal killer. You don't, you ain't, you ain't trying. I mean, because the, the owners basically have to trust what you're doing enough to, uh, to, to hold some liability in the deal, right? Mm. And most of them, uh, <laughs> trust me, they, they'll, they'll, they, they may like the model, but they, they'll be like, uh, you know, no, no thanks. You know, I don't want to sign up for that. Okay. So what about, what about places, um, that have zero regulations? You don't fear like going heavy into one of those spots and all of a sudden overnight, they're going to start throwing some regulations. No, because what we've seen is they don't they don't shut it down. They they um, they they find a way to to grandfather in uh, current listings mm -hmm. uh, in a way that you know uh, allows you to to, uh, to to continue to operate. I think we're we're starting to see that in Charlotte, like right now. Uh, but a lot of what they're doing, in, in most cases, are, are are largely revolved around taxes, right, and not so much killing short-term rentals because they've, you know, brought the, the city to its knees. So, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't stop us from, from going out into to different, different areas that don't have regulations. I, I guess me and me and Mike are gun shy in that regard. Cause we were operating out of Arlington, Texas, 
where they shut down Airbnb and like 99% of the houses in Arlington just totally shut it down. Not even owner occupied, nothing, nobody. Grandma can't rent out the back, you know, little two, one bedroom house in the backyard. Right. Everybody got shut down with no way of doing it, except if you're in yeah. one little one mile radius outside of the Cowboy Stadium, you can do Airbnb. So that's, we are gun shy in that regard. And I hear what you're saying that if they have, you know, usually they're more reasonable. Uh, we just were fortunate enough to see the unreasonable part. Jer- Jerry Jones and his boys, you know, wanted to take it all over. Anyways, that's a different subject altogether. <laughs> I will say this about those regulations. It has created a heavy, heavy opportunity. Uh, Cause you know, I just had the duplex in the entertainment district. We ended up not closing on it, but it does create unique opportunities where if you are in the entertainment district, you have a little hue and, and you're, you're dealing with a small circumference of people. And then like how coach Kev says that value adds there, you can find out what they are offering in a very easy manner. Cause it ain't too many hosts. Yep. If you stand out there, it's a uh, killer. Definitely creates opportunity. But I, I guess my, my thing was what if he would have, done it before that one mile radius thing saying oh arlington's yeah. doing pretty good there's not a lot of airbnbs no regulations i'm gonna just get one about two miles away from the stadiums i'll be good and that's he true he would they would all got shut down you know what i'm saying i'm just saying that I'm, I'm trying to see what you're looking for when you go into a city with no mm-hmm. regulations gotcha. yeah i mean the, the risk is there I, and I, I guess that's just part of you know the the risk we take on in in, in this business uh with that potentially happening in, in any market. Right. So I don't know that, uh, I don't know that there's the right answer to, I, to, yeah. to that you know, particular scenario. I, I guess the, the other end of it, like if you did see a city that already has existing, you know, Airbnb rules that you thought were not too unfair. And then that would give mm-hmm. you a roadmap to get in there and say, okay, we can operate here and make money here and, and pay the taxes. No problem. Yeah, I mean, the other side of it, too, is you, you have so many legal operators and people that don't want to do the hard work, right, to mm-hmm. get permitted. Uh, it, the, the regulations will eventually cause markets to, to level, right, uh, at, at some point. Uh, and and let's, just, let's just use Houston for example, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Houston, if Houston drew up uh, regulations, uh, because you have so many people that just get in because either they're being sold something, you know, an expiring lease or, you know, somebody told them it was a good idea. Uh, the, those aren't the people that are going to uh, go through with regulating in most cases, right? Uh, uh, their place, right? It, it's going to be the, the, the professional host and the serious operators that are building, looking to build a business. Mm-hmm. In most cases, like like us, right, and uh, my, my guy Harper, uh, if we're putting more than uh, four to five properties in any one area, uh, he's also reaching out to the Chamber of Commerce and uh, the City Council to, uh, one, meet and greet, understand where they are uh, from a regulatory standpoint, and then just let him ask them about opportunities that we could potentially have with our short-term rentals in, in the market. So, it's sort of a layered conversation there, but, uh, you know, the, the, in my, in my estimation, uh, half, half the Houston market would be uh, out within a year if they were to regulate uh, anything uh, in, in that market. Yeah. It needs regulation. They got mad at me for saying <laughs> well, it. Right? Uh, yeah. Houston used to be a great market, right. For, uh, for prime uh, Airbnbs and short term rentals, but 
you know, it's just become a breeding ground for, as I call it, you know, hey, who wants to, who wants a lease, right? I'm selling a lease. Yeah, they were, they were ready to burn me at the stake for saying that. Those hosts were mad at me. I said these regulations. <laughs> yeah. Houston's like one giant suburb, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, yeah. We still have a ton of listings out there. Uh, but. Yeah. Oh, let's go into this. So, so how are you dealing with the saturation out there? Good. I, I mean, look, we, we. We're not operating, in my estimation, right, with the, the, the saturated part of the market, right? All those one-bedroom and uh, two-bedroom places that are in the market, uh, we're not necessarily competing with them because they didn't do any market research and analysis prior to going into the market, right? They, if you're operating on a good idea, we're not competing with you because, you know, we, we've done some due diligence to help us understand where we can uh, attain some degree of success in, in, in the market. I like that. If you're operating on a good idea, we're not competing with you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus he's checking all the blocks too. A lot of people aren't uh, checking yeah, all the blocks. Checking the blocks, man. <laughs> checking the blocks. I have to say that to my kids uh, when I leave here. Checks, checks all the blocks. <laughs> so, so how... So you keeping your your day job and your day job is being in the military. Thank you for your service and all that. How how much longer do you plan on staying in the military? I don't know, man. I, I've got a pretty fun job. I, I play games for a living. There you oh. go. As, as a simulations guy, uh, I, I build games uh, so you know oh. soldiers can uh, train, you know, in the simulated environment before they go out and do it in real life. So I, I have a ton of fun doing what I do. Uh, we're getting ready to head to Germany uh, here this summer. Uh, I'll be there for three years. So oh. next time, next time uh, in two years, we, we talk again on the podcast. We'll, we'll have a six-hour time difference or a seven-hour time difference. But man, uh, you going to Germany for three years, man? Yes. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations. I, I think. <laughs> you happy about that? Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it'll be a good family uh, family trip. And, you know, it, it, some of it's just around the fact that, you know, we'll, we'll get a chance to break some of the cultural norms that we were mm-hmm. closed right here within this 50-state capacity with. And, you know, one of the things people don't really understand about Europe is that uh, they're so close to other countries and every country is a different culture, whereas, like, we cross state lines and, uh, some people may say I'm from Florida. I'm different. I'm from Alabama. I'm different. But I'm like the hell you are. Like, <laughs> you know, we we are what we are here in this 50 state capacity. But it, you know it's just different when you go to Italy, to France, to to the Netherlands, to to Germany, and and all those different countries that are uh, you know in the same geographical capacity as we travel across the uh, the state. So. I'll get off uh, my Europe bubble because I know. No, I love Europe too, man. I love Europe. <laughs> yeah, Steve's a traveler, man. Steve's been everywhere. Yeah, you drive a couple miles and you're a whole different country, different language. You know, it's it's crazy, man. You can, in in one day you could be in like five or six different countries. It's insane. Um, but that is cool, man. I'm I'm happy for you. I always I'd always you know fantasize about some cool like that taking the family to another place for a year you know just getting them a different culture a different you know site different view on life i love that right 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 yeah so your your business can run itself while you're gone 
Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I do a lot of the, the, the admin overhead stuff, you know, and as I say, just investor relations. So if it pertains to the, the, the structure of a lease agreement that the company is going to sign uh, or investors that are looking uh, to, to spend, you know, $50,000 or more on investment, then um, I'm, I'm taking on, uh, I'm taking the lead on those. But otherwise, you know, we've got an operation te operations team that handles a lot of the uh, day-to-day stuff. Mm. Mm. So, so if you don't mind me asking, and right now it's all over the news, the, the Ukraine thing, and you know, you're going to Germany and I, I automatically thought of the Ukraine situation. What do you think? How do you think all that's going to unfold? Um, I don't know. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I think uh, the, the timing is rather uh, interesting uh, as to where, where we are uh, politically with the, the G7 countries and, and all these countries now being uh, in the midst of, of, of an election year, right? Uh, when Putin uh, decides to, to go in and invade. Uh, but, you know, as far as the, the resources that uh, the Ukraine has, what, what I do understand, at least from a, a, a resource standpoint, they're a top five resource country. Mm. So, the, the, the taking over of resources to combine them with, you know, it, it's kind of like Walmart taking, you know, uh, a Publix, right? Mm. Uh, now you, you hold more resources, which makes the world uh, in Europe more dependent upon the resources that you hold. So, so then that gives you more leverage, right? Uh, so uh, if that's the end state uh, to, to his game, then you know, what we're going to be in for, uh, for, for a rocky ride. Whoa. Now, now, ooh, that's a good question. Cause I, I, now I've been to Airbnb groups and a lot of people, they're like saying, yeah, this is going to affect us. Like, do you think it could have, it's going to have an effect. A lot of people saying it's going to have an effect on the housing, which then in turn affects us. Where do you think those effects do, do fall? I, I don't think they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll have economic impacts, but not, mm -hmm. not in the housing and short term rental. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is a it is an interesting take because I was you know I haven't I've I've seen the headlines I haven't really read too much into it but that, when you when you explain it like that you know it's a top five resource country I was like why does everybody care about you know about this so much and I you know it's, it's, sorry if it's a callous question you know it's Russia you know going in on their neighbor whatever's eating Russia's whatever um, but I was like. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. There's a lot of economic interest in, in this country. That's why. And for Europe, more than probably more than us. But that's why everybody's attention is focused there. Where if they would have, you know, went in and took over Uzbekistan or something and the world would be like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead and have them. But yeah, that that's yeah. yeah. Follow the money. Right. Yep. That's it. Become resource rich. And, you know, you the, the world uh, uh, has a dependency on you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to get deep with a question like that, but <laughs> but we got Coach Cavill, man. We got to ask him anything, right? Oh, man. Well, thanks for hopping on, dude. This is cool. I love how your business is growing. I love how you got the singular focus. I love how you're checking all the boxes, checking all the, the blocks. <laughs> you know, that's, this, I mean, this is some, it's it's simple. It, some of it is simple like that. Check the boxes. It's right there in front of you. You, you know, like you said, uh, you, before, you know, there was no box for gaming. So why even bother, you know, building something out that's not going to give you any, you know, mm. front page uh, SEO. But once that box popped up, okay, throw some games in there, man. And uh, <laughs> I love that your value, the pets, 
kid friendly. Oh man, that's the, those are two huge things. If someone wants to invest in Airbnbs with you, where would they reach you at, Coach? Uh, they they can text uh, into our Turnkey community uh, by uh, texting the the word club or Turnkey to two zero two nine one eight five zero two seven. That'll pull them into our uh, Turnkey text based community, and that's where we share uh, all of our uh, upcoming investment opportunities. Uh, that we we also host uh, live calls on every Wednesday. Okay, cool. I might have to text into that. Turnkey. All right, man. But yeah, man, thank you for coming on. It's been great having you. Man, those value ads, checking all the boxes. You're probably the only person on here that's actually came in there and broke it down like that. You know, most people are trying to use AirDNA. Just use Airbnb. Oh, right yeah. AirDNA will get you in trouble, man. <laughs> I mean, it builds a false sense of, of market security when, you know, in fact, they, they they can't really tell you the value that's replaceable hold rate at the end of the day. And your, your value lies in what the market's not offering. So, you know, my, my Calgary example, if, if I'm the only show in town that's, you know, sleeping 16 with uh, offer pets and kid-friendly amenities, and what, why would I charge 283 when... You know, I'm the only show in town, you know, so, uh, but that, that's the AirDNA follower that then places, you know, the, uh, their nightly rate at 283 instead of at, at 400 bucks. So. Yeah. You know what? If AirDNA is listening to this, they're probably going to have those, start creating those check boxes inside of their uh, algorithm, which would be smart if they did, but yeah. Uh, I mean, just follow Airbnb's lead is, you know, what I, I tell all, all of the, the developers that, that call and, and ask about, you know, the, some of the things we're doing, just, you know, look, look at Airbnb and, and what they're saying to their audience, uh, but, but all of it's, it's filterable, right? So uh, there you go. the answer's right there in front of you. <laughs> you know, that, bring it back to a military thing, man. It's like, it, it, I don't know if this even ties in, you know, you know how me, I go way out there and I try to bring it all back in, but um <laughs> I forgot what this what this um, what this phenomenon is called. I was even trying to look it up right now. But back in World War Two, you know, they send out planes. Some planes would come back. Some wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? And then they the ones that came back had bullet holes in them. And so the the, the experts at the time saying, well, let's put some where these bullet holes are hitting. Let's put some armor right there to reinforce these areas where they're getting hit. And it took like this guy who to think of it differently. Right. And he's like, no, he goes, the ones that are coming back with bullet holes, that means the bullet holes aren't, those, those spots aren't taking down the plane. We need to reinforce the spots that aren't getting hit by bullets. And that made me think of the air DNA saying, oh, yeah, let's reinforce to where the bullet holes are. You know, here's the data. Go, you know, do this. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at where the bullet holes aren't hitting, you know, and out and using uh, Airbnb to do so. So I don't know if that yeah. analogy made any sense, but I <laughs> That's a reminded me of. No, and, and just just for everybody else. So, uh, w- Wheelhouse also offers the same amount of uh, data points that uh, Airbnb does. They give it to you a little differently in, mm. in a graph chart. But uh, if you go into Wheelhouse and you look at uh, a specific market, uh, they, they've got a graphical depiction that shows you uh, by percentage what the market's offering. So if we're if we're ever looking at something real quick. Uh, to to provide some feedback on, uh, we we just pop into Wheelhouse and look at pull the market up, look at the the, the chart, and it tells us exactly where the gaps are uh, in in the market. 
So anything that's, you know, 10% or under that's, that's not being offered, then you, you, there, there you go. It's, it's a decision point that gets us quickly to say, you know, yes on, on a, uh, a particular market or listing. Mm. Mm, that's that's a, I know Wilhouse is doing that. I know. Lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, it's a lot cheaper than AirDNA. <laughs> yeah, well, you got a free version too, so. Yeah, I noticed these pricing these pricing companies are starting to hop into the data space. You know, Price Labs is one of them as well. So, I mean, you guys are pricing it out. You might as well have the data to back it up, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Coach drive decisions. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Coach Cav, thanks again for hopping on. Two-time guest. And I guess maybe the next time you hop on, you'll be in Germany. So, yeah. Yeah. Tankashe. Yeah. I don't know if that's. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, it's always a great having you on. You're always welcome back. Um, you already said where can folks find you, right? Mm-hmm. And cool, man. Well, thank you so much, and and good luck in all in all your endeavors. Yeah, we are out. <laughs> Later. That was a good episode, man. Episode one ninety six. So that means what by the time. April 1st rolls around. We'll have 200 episodes out there, man. But uh, yeah, I want to thank y'all. Thank y'all for continuing to listen to us, man. This has been awesome, man. I just learned a lot. Like I've been, I've been over here on my laptop checking boxes and seeing what's not available in some of the markets, especially Houston, because yeah, that shit's oversaturated. Shoot, yeah, man. No, that's a great episode. Like I said, it's like it's not, and it's funny, and and people look at things, look, try to make things so complicated, right? It's not yeah. brain surgery. Mm -hmm. he just said he just said the simplest things you know uh allow pets make it kid friendly i mean he named some simple things and check the box as many boxes as you can and and you'll be successful of course you know be in the right area with the the regulations thing but he didn't make it like brain science like people like uh, yeah i'll bring it up you know the thing with the with the silicon valley guys those are oh what is air dna this this is we need to find this perfect you know area because because air dna says they're basing everything on that which could be flawed information right yeah and it's not and and if amenities weighs so heavily on what a place is going to be successful air dna ain't telling you all that no so so anyways yeah man just um Make a place like like he said. Make it a value friendly place that offers amenity, the good amenities for that area, and you'll be fine. That's a fact, man. That that I was a that was I was typing in some stuff. That was a good. That was a really good, really good episode and a really good gym because that, that's something. Uh, you know, I haven't really done. And what I did was I just went and checked all the boxes and see who actually has it. But Airbnb, I noticed something about it. They would show me listings that don't have the amenities, but just check the amenity off saying, oh, by the way, it's missing an EV charger. Mm. So it's like, hmm. Yeah. 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 Because they, they want more. They want more choices for the screen. Yeah. Cause that's when they started doing the, you know, OK, these are similar to your dates. Remember, they started putting the, under <laughs> the bottom, you know, I know yeah. you want to go from the 19th to the 25th. But if you go on the 18th to the 23rd, you can yeah. get this spot. You know, they started doing that, which is cool. Yeah. You'll be popping up more. Yeah. But then on the other end, the more more places are going to be popping up. It's not going to really narrow yeah, you down. Airbnb, I noticed they don't ever want to be in a place in a position where every all every amenity you check isn't available. So they're just going to show you something, but they'll tell you, "Hey, this is missing." Um, you know, and that goes into like you know when the um, air cover and all that came out. You know, they start offering yurts and weird cabins and a frame houses. You know, they let those be selectable amenities for a house that you want. 
So yeah, Airbnb is definitely onto that. So they, like you said, they do the research for you. You just got to follow it. Mm. Love it, man. Great episode. All right. Good episode. Yeah. So uh, thank y'all for continuing to listen. You can email us at live, let thrive at gmail.com. You can email Steve personally, chess, art and rock at gmail.com. Hit us up, follow us on IG. We're going to be pumping out some content for you. So uh, yeah, man, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us and uh, oh yeah, be the, be sure to join the Facebook group. Facebook group, baby. We're going to start doing some meetups here in Dallas and it's going to be some good times. Uh, all the Dallas people come out. And then we might even record them, you know, do some virtual stuff for you guys. So it's going to be a, yeah, we're, this is a year of growth for LLT. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. We, we definitely going to be doing, doing some big stuff coming. And yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the meetup, we do have a meetup in Dallas on March 10th. I already had one person confirmed that he's flying in to come. So yeah, Ooh. definitely. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Uh, our, our good friend Peyton, he's going to fly in to come see it, to come to it. So <laughs> nice. yeah, man. So if y'all want to come to the Dallas meetup, um, you can follow it in the Live Let Thrive Facebook group, or you can also uh, check it out on my Instagram. I posted it on my Instagram as well. So uh, hope to see y'all there. We are right. out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye bye.